Good morning. Well, we find ourselves in challenging times where many of the things that we've taken for granted have been stripped away, even our freedom to meet together on a Sunday. But as Christians, we know that even in the middle of a pandemic, there are so many reasons to praise God. As a church, we've already begun working with people from across our community to put together a coordinated plan to help those self-isolating, especially the elderly and the most vulnerable. If you need help with your groceries or a prescription, support or advice, or if you're simply looking for a regular phone call, then get in touch. Soon, every house in the area will receive a leaflet with useful telephone numbers, including my own, and we'll be doing our best to keep you up to date as things develop. Although coronavirus is no doubt a challenge, it does give us the opportunity to pause, to stop and to think about what really matters. Family, friends and neighbours, and of course our faith that brings comfort and hope in a time of trouble. As the Psalms remind us, God is our refuge and our strength, our very pleasant help in times of trouble. Our buildings may be closed, but we can still be the church. Over the coming weeks, or perhaps even months, we'll have to get used to worshipping together in different ways. We may not be able to meet face to face, but we can continue to worship. We can continue to meet with Jesus, who's close to us, even when everybody else is at a distance. When the music fades, all is stripped away. And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's of worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required Such much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the It's all about you, Jesus King of endless worth No one could express How much you deserve Though I'm weak and poor Every single breath I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear 
Samuel chapter 1 verse 20 to 28. In due time Hannah conceived and bore a son and she named him Samuel for she said I have asked him of the Lord and the man Elkanah and all his household went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up with him for she said to her husband well as soon as the child is weaned I will bring him that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and remain there for ever, and I will offer him as a Naz- Nazarite to all, for all time. Her husband, Elkanah, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you've weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine. And she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh, and the child was young. 
Then they slaughtered the bull and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me the petition that I made to him. Therefore I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. And she left him there for the Lord. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Testament reading for today is taken from John chapter 19, verse 25 to 27. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. And then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today is Mothering Sunday, a term that I'm using intentionally because Mother's Day and Mothering Sunday may fall on the same day, but they're not the same thing. One is a celebration of mothers, but the other celebrates mothering. Originally, Mothering Sunday had little to do with our human mothers. It referred to the Church and indirectly to God as Mother of us all. As part of observing Lent, on that day the Church encouraged Christians to worship at their mother church, the one that had nurtured and encouraged their faith. As a result, people working away, perhaps in service, could return home and spend the day with their families. They may take a posy of spring flowers or a simnel cake for their mothers, and gradually, thanks to secularisation and commercialism, Mothering Sunday became Mother's Day. This year, it's poignant that restaurants will remain empty and flower shops remain full because for the first time in living memory for many, we're being instructed not to physically meet up and to celebrate with our mothers, with our children and with our grandchildren. This year's act of Mothering Sunday love is about keeping our distance and I know that for many that'll be strange It'll be painful and lonely. Alongside this new novel pain surrounding this National Day of Celebration, there are, of course, more familiar pains. Perhaps you're a child who never knew or got on with your mother. You may be a mother who's lost a child, or a child who's lost a mother. Perhaps you may be a woman who knows the pain of miscarriage, or a woman whose deepest desire to be a mother has not yet been realised. 
These things are incredibly painful, I'm sure, and many people would choose to stay away from church today because their grief is so profound. This is entirely understandable. So whether you're in a place of online celebration today or in a continued place of private grief, you can be encouraged by today's readings. In 1 Samuel, we read the story of Hannah, one of two wives to a man called Elkanah. Hannah longed for a child, but she remained childless. Cruelly, Elkanah's other wife, the fertile Panina, taunted Hannah because she wasn't able to conceive a child. You can picture the scene as she showed off that big belly. Hannah, she might have said, you just don't understand this. What a cruel scene. In Jewish culture, the primary role of the woman was to be a mother, so you can imagine that Hannah might have felt like a total and utter failure. And yet, the Bible tells us that Hannah was loved by her husband Elkanah. Her worth in his eyes was not diminished because they hadn't had a child together. For him, their relationship and their care for one another was what really mattered. The relationship between Hannah and Elkanah mirrors our relationship with God. If you're sitting there today listening to this, reflecting on a difficult relationship with your own mother or child, then you need to know that your worth in God's eyes isn't dependent on your status as a mother or a child. God looks at you through the same loving eyes, whatever your material status. If you're celebrating today, then he celebrates with you. But if you're grieving today, then he is right there with you, hurting with you. You don't have to put a brave face on with Jesus. You can just be real with him. Hannah was real with God. After years of taunts and insults from Panina, she broke her heart before him. She brought her grief, denial, anger and her bargaining before God. It was messy and it was ugly. She was brave enough to be absolutely real as she came before God and he embraced her as she did so. We can be real with God too. There's no need to put on a brave face with God. All we need to do is come as we are, snotty-nosed and red-eyed if we need to, and God will embrace us. God hears Hannah's cry and he gives her not only Samuel, but three other sons and two daughters. But she wasn't to know that when she came and she cried out to God. The reading from the Old Testament today is the time of celebration as Hannah brings her firstborn son, Samuel, and gives him back to God in thankfulness. She was finally a mum, but Hannah chose to bring Samuel before God with open arms, recognising that Samuel was God's child first and her second. And the story doesn't end there because we don't know how many happy Mother's Days she had afterwards and how many painful ones she marked. Over the years, people have shared with me on more than one occasion that deep down, every parent knows the truth of that. We bring up our children to be independent and then we have to let them go to find their own way in the world. Today, there'll be mothers here who enjoy a really close relationship with their grown-up children and there'll be others who would love to, but they just don't. There'll be still others who long to speak to their children today, but for whatever reason they've had to say goodbye to their child far sooner than they would have hoped. 
When Hannah brought her anguish to God, she really didn't know how the story would end. But she knew that God was in it with her. She knew that God loved her and she felt safe enough to be open, honest and real with him. Many will mark today without a mother or without a child. Which is why I want to bring us back to the Gospel. Because it reminds us that mothering isn't something that's restricted to our birth mothers. As Mary stands by, watching her son Jesus die, Jesus' concern is to ensure that his mother and his closest friend each have love and support after his death. Jesus says to Mary, Give a mother's love to my friend. Be like a mother to him. Mother, my disciple. And to the disciple, Jesus says, Be like a son to Mary. That shows us that mothering isn't something that is simply about a biological relationship, but it's about a sense of belonging, a sense of relationship that exists within a community. And one of the wonderful things that's come out of this coronavirus outbreak is that I think that we're beginning to relearn or to redevelop exactly what it means for each of us. While I was preparing for this sermon, I chatted lots with my wife Claire. She shared with me how it was agonising, sitting in cafes, watching yummy mummies and their babies after her first husband Gareth died. That made her a family of one without children. But for her, it was wonderfully affirming to remember that she was linked with so many people. A church community, neighbours, long-standing friends and work colleagues. She was able to mother by being actively involved in the lives of her friends' children and through investing in the lives of children in the church too. Through her immediate family and through these ties, she was reminded that she belonged somewhere, that she still mattered, that she still had a mothering role to play. Just a little while after Gareth's death, Claire wrote these words in her blog. There's some good advice in the book of Ecclesiastes that says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labour. If either of them falls down, the other can help them up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. I'm reaping the benefit of having so many people in my life helping me to pick up the pieces. And I hope that even now when I'm needing to be held up more than I normally do, I can lift other people up too. Each of us are in some way called to be mothers, daughters, neighbours and friends to each other. Whether we're male or female, as disciples of Jesus, mothering is part of our calling as we seek to fulfil the challenge of sharing his love with others. And how creative can we be in that call right now? It's warmed my heart to hear stories of people helping neighbours who are self-isolating by getting food, prescriptions or ringing them up for a chat or singing together across balconies. As the weeks go on, There'll be lots of opportunities to continue to deepen our community ties and to share that mothering love with so many people who are going to need it. In fact, we may even be on the receiving end ourselves, and individuals who are once strangers will become precious friends. So, however you felt as you began listening today, and whatever your thoughts about Mothering Sunday, I hope that you'll be able to log off knowing that you're loved, that you matter, I hope too that you can think of some positive examples of how you've been mothered by others in your life 
and that you begin to think of ways and people that you can actively mother and support yourself. Whatever you're doing today, I hope that you'll have a happy and blessed day at home. Okay, so I just wanted to share with you um, a book that I'm reading at the moment um, from one of mine and Adrian's friends. I'm 40, I haven't got any children. I have to say I haven't found that too hard on Mother's Day, but I do know many, many people do. And if you're one of those people, uh, for whatever reason, Mother's Day is heartbreaking for you because you don't have your own children, can I just recommend this wonderful memoir that our friend Lizzie Lowry has written? It's called Salt Water and Honey, entitled Lost Dreams, Good Grief and a Better Story. If you've had your heart broken by life and you're wondering how to get out of bed again, this memoir will speak to you. I've read half of it so far. It's a real honest account of her experience um, and wrestling with God and not being able to connect with God sometimes because of bitter disappointments for things that haven't worked out the way she wanted. She suffered many miscarriages and her dream of being a mother um, has yet to be fulfilled in the way she imagined it. She's very honest. It's a real a real good book if you're in that dark place Um it will help you, it will comfort you and it will give you hope as well for your future. So um, if that's something you're interested in, the book's called Salt Water and Honey by Lizzie Lowry and it's published by Authentic. Um, it's very easy to read, it's like she's sitting in a sofa next to you having a cup of tea just sharing her story. Um, and this Mother's Day, if Mother's Day is hard because you're not a mother, I really would recommend Salt Water and Honey for you. Let us pray. Lord God, so we just come before you in prayer uh, today in this very surreal time, um, in, this, in the midst of this coronavirus outbreak, God, and we lift up our world. And this week, more than any week, that world seems very small. We all seem united together um, in this current crisis. So Jesus, we just lift up our world to you. We acknowledge that you're in control of it, that this has not taken you by surprise, Lord. We ask... Um, for your intervention and for your help in overcoming this virus across the whole entire world, Lord God. We pray you would limit its impact quickly, God. And we pray for our world, for all the people who are already sick, um, and that they would get good care by the doctors and nurses and physios, and people would be made well, Lord God, and there would be stories of hope um, and joy amongst this virus. And we pray for those families who are already grieving the loss of loved ones. Lord, breathe comfort um, and hope into their lives as well. And God, we pray for our nation specifically as we're in this very strange time of social isolation um, and social distancing. It's very hard and very strange and very weird. God, help us in the midst of confusion and stuff that is just odd and alien. Help us to work together for the good of everybody around us. Help us to think of others above ourselves. God, equip us with more patience than we thought possible when we get sick of just being at home. But help us to think of 
the elderly and those vulnerable with conditions where actually us being frustrated at home is the most loving thing we can do to give them the best chance. Thank you God for all the blessings we're seeing already come out of this isolation period. I thank you for neighbours who've met for the first time. Little acts of kindness that are just sprouting up across the entire nation. That is just wonderful to see. God, I pray for more of that. And as time goes on, would communities really deepen online and across the street, through windows and at front doorsteps, God. Would you help us, um, your your children, to, to show your love and to kind of be like lamps guiding the way in looking out for others above ourselves and reaching out into this community. And I thank you that we are a community of people made up of mothers, fathers, children, brothers, sisters, friends, aunts, teachers, nurses, cleaners, shopkeepers, drivers, God. And we need every single one. Keep keep everybody healthy, keep everybody well. And God, we just, it's too big, God, but you are not bigger than coronavirus. And so we just lift this into your safe and competent hands. Look after us, we pray. Amen. And so to end, I just wanted to say that being a Christian not only meant that you have a father in heaven, it also means that you have a family on earth, the church. I'm really sorry that we haven't been able to see each other face to face today. But please know that you're never far from my thoughts or from my prayers. I send you my love and if there's anything that you need, please don't hesitate to get in touch. And so as we finish our worship today, let me pray for God's blessing over you. May the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. You came to search and rescue And love the Father sent you Broke through the darkest night You came to seek and save us You came to liberate us Jesus, you heard our cry Jesus, you heard our cry Where would we be without your love? We'd still be lost in darkness Where would we be without your cross? You made a way to save us Oh, your love, oh, your
Jesus, you're the only 